Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined, as always, on Friday afternoons by my buddy, Rich Rebar. We're going to pick some games. We are, uh, I mean, everyone's hurt, right? It's week four. Everyone's hurt. We got all these quarterbacks out. We got Amon Ross St. Brown out. We got Michael Thomas out. It's just, a, it's a tough, it's a tough scene out here if you drafted any player. You know, if you drafted a player, they're probably hurt already. You know, it looks like my uh, I'll take a not being in any players was correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like uh, Reeves, like three guys at cost. Uh, one of them was Joe Mixon, who's coming off his best game of the season. So pretty good. Pretty good to just if you're down on every player, it's it's like it's like betting unders. If you just blindly bet unders on player props and stuff, when you account for in-game injury, uh, you just you just win because people want to bet the overs. You were right. Just don't like any players and you can't really be that wrong. Oh man, it's it's been uh, not that fun though. I mean, hey, last week though, uh, I, I believe I went five and zero on the picks. So you know we were strong. I bet three of them myself, and we did good. So be prepared not to tell me on anything this week. Well, we got uh, we uh, uh, the the number one the number one pick was was a smash the uh, the Ravens just taking care of business against uh, the Green Bay Packers. Spoiler alert: uh, not not picking uh brian hoyer this week is is gonna make it is gonna make it on my list so uh as, as we said lots of quarterback injuries some of these lines uh i i would imagine we're actually gonna see a fair amount of movement in some of these as we get a little bit closer but uh what is your number five uh i'm gonna start out pretty disgusting right away though and i'm gonna take the broncos okay uh, i i wanted i mean i literally i i wanted to take this one so bad. I so badly wanted to take Denver because I don't believe that the Raiders should be favored over anyone, but you got to talk me into Hackett, dude. You got to, you got to find a way to sell me on this. Cause I, I, don't, I, I, don't I, know if I can, yeah, you got to try. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just more of less, like just from a team stance, like coming into this season, like this, I just believe the Broncos are a lot better than the Raiders. And now I'm catching them as an underdog. The, the Broncos uh, would have been a three point favorite and the look ahead line up in this, I bet. Uh, yeah, I have to pull up the look, look ahead line because we talked about like the Colts Chiefs one last week. Um, but yeah, I just look when you look at the matchup here, if, if the Broncos are going to be able to do something offensively, anything offensively, which they haven't done to date, <laughs> it will be kind of this matchup. I mean, even when you look at as bad as Russell Wilson has been, and, th- and this offense has looked like every Russell Wilson offense we've seen the last five years. It's not like, like eventually we're just going to treat him as the common denominator. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, when we look back on some of this stuff, because it feels like everything is just like every early down play, like it's unsuccessful. They have to have third and complete a third and long pass. He can still rip it. Like he can uncork the ball still, but they only make plays like a one-on-one boundary situation. No one, like, no one <laughs> wants to say it, but Jerry Judy, not, not that good. 
not that good, Jerry Judy. Maybe it's tough. I mean, I, I don't also give him a run out. I mean, I think that the sample is small. He played good in week one, got hurt in week two, and then did did he know. play? Did he play good or did he just make one really impressive play in week I mean, one? As far as the Broncos go, they've had four good offensive plays, so he that, yeah. counted for twenty five percent of their good plays. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at Russ still as bad as it's been. He's number one in the NFL in yards for pass attempt against man coverage, which makes sense because that's what he is now. That's what he does, yeah. Yeah, it's what he does. And the Raiders play uh, zone at the, the fifth lowest rate in the NFL. So you're going to have some chaps to play to make some plays here in this game. Uh, all the quarterbacks they faced so far have absolutely killed them. Like even, going, even Ryan Tannehill was just – Tannehill, yeah, Tannehill bald. Just, just crushed them last week. Uh, yeah, and I don't think the defense is very good. I don't think that the Raiders' uh, offense really stacks up against this Denver defense either. So it's one of these things that I don't feel great about it, but I think that the Broncos outright win this game, and I'm catching points, and that's why it's at number five, though, and, and not any higher. But, yeah, I cannot, I cannot really sell you on the thing you have here right now, though. Well, my number five is the same thing where I don't expect it to be on your list. And I bet if anything, you would have picked the other way, which was the Kansas City Chiefs plus one and a half points against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are getting Mike Evans back this week uh, and Julio Jones and Chris Godwin practice. Obviously, the thesis this entire time has been the Buccaneers look really bad right now. But when Godwin, Evans, Julio are all playing, it's going to look a lot better. I, I don't know about the status of their offensive line. Um, but my take is is very simple, which is that uh, Mahomes continues to be the best. And also, I, I've been workshopping this take, and uh, I'm curious your opinion on it, because I know that you obviously, as a fan of not drafting players, you didn't like the cost on Juju or Valdez Scantling or Sky Moore or any of these guys. So I think there are a couple different things that we're going to see from Kansas City. The first is like, uh, I mean, if Mahomes would have just completed that pass on the first drive to Scantling for an 80-yard touchdown, we're talking about a much different game. Um, but, like, the offensive line has been better for them than expected. The defense has been better than the market expected. And I just don't – I just don't, I don't think that these three wide receivers are bad. Like, I think they're all just kind of fine, and, and, and I think they're just going to continue to figure it out, and they're getting points. And I just – I don't know if the Chiefs should ever be getting points is really just the thesis. I have news for you. This is my number one. Oh, I, this is literally shocking to me. I, 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 I literally thought if anything, you might've picked the Buccaneers. Nope. Uh, I'm on the chiefs. I think it's a state right now. Both of these teams, the chiefs are easily the best team in my opinion uh, of these two teams. So if you're just picking me to, uh, for them to win this game outright, I feel like I'm getting pretty good chance and getting good odds here. Uh, because you know, here's where you just money line them. You don't even take the points here because it's down to like one and a half in a lot of spots. You just take the Chiefs to win, um, which I think is a pretty sound bet. I mean, this Buccaneers offense can't move the football. I'm so they can't do anything. They I'm can't do a goddamn on, thing. I'm still counting on Gato not playing another week, but we'll see. Because okay. you know, we'll see if he doesn't play. Julio playing with this knee injury doesn't really worry me. And then you really just have to count for adding Mike Evans, right? But the offensive line is trash. They can't run the football. The biggest thing where you see it, because Brady still gets rid of the ball so fast, like you, it doesn't matter. Their offensive line sucks because you can't right, but it, it's it's running the ball. Yeah, they're they're absolutely terrible running the football. The last two weeks, uh, Leonard Fournette is thirty seventh among forty four qualifying running backs in yards prior to contact, and this is a team that like runs the football a lot on early downs, right? So they're constantly putting themselves in these second and third and longs too because they run the football so much. This has been a thing with Brady, even when he threw seven or passes last year, they would run on first down a lot. Like they they always run on early downs. 
Um, and it's absolutely killing them right now. They don't have got like anyone, even adding Mike Evans, as good as Mike Evans is, like still like when this team has to like say like, oh, it's third and nine, like it, you stop one guy and it's, and it's him. And I still think the Chiefs defense is adequate. They probably should have won last week and lost, but they probably should have lost in week two and one. So it kind of balances the scales. The, but- the, the <laughs> amount of points they gave up on special teams last week. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I. Dude, that I'll, fake field goal was the most ridiculous. It's, it's, it's the worst call. play. I mean, Andy Reid <laughs> loves to do shit like that. I mean, Blake Bell famously threw a pass in the red zone in a Super Bowl game when Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is your quarterback. So uh, Andy, it's like, I was, I was telling this to Kevin Cole yesterday. It's like, you know, in a successful marriage, you have to understand some things your partner is just never going to do what you want them to do. And you just got to you just got to make your peace with that. That's what being a Chiefs fan is like with Andy Reid, where it's like Andy put so much on the table that you have to just accept the awful time management and the fancy plays every once in a while because he does. So he, he he's such a great partner that you just have to accept that he, uh, you know, never does his dishes or whatever. It's like you just got to live with that with Andy. So really, it just comes down to me, like throwing all the any stats out there, anything else out. It really comes down to me is I believe that the current state of the Kansas City Chiefs are better than the current state of the Green Bay Packers, who just went into Tampa Bay and won. So that's it. Yep, and I am uh, I am I am completely I'm completely with you on that. Obviously, so there we go. I am I am surprised though. I I really I really thought for sure. <laughs> yeah, throw your curveball once in a while. Yeah, that's uh. So so we like we like to see that. Okay. What is your number four then? My number four is the Jaguars and strictly on the points play. I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't get there on this. I think this should be a good game, Yeah, but it's so what, what's interesting about this is that it's like, these are two dominant storylines in the NFL right yes. now. Right. So, Oh my gosh, the Jaguars are resurgent and Lawrence and Oh, but the Eagles and hurts, you know, they're number one in DVO on offense and, and, and defense. It's, so it's like, uh, but I just, I, I tend to buy the Eagles narratives and not so much buy the Jaguars narratives. Yeah, I would agree with that too, from a top-down stance. I also just want to say though, like, what if the market's just slow to calibrate on the Jaguars still a little bit? Because six and a half points is a lot. I can, I can see that. I can see that. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I definitely, this is like last week, you know, when I went, the Dolphins ended up winning outright, but it was just felt like too many points, right? So I just feel like if the market's going to keep treating the Jaguars like this, they did last week too, you know? Yes. Even while Herbert was like, basically, basically we knew on like Wednesday, Herbert was like 50-50 to play and like yeah. the line didn't drop until Saturday. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like if the, I feel like the Jaguars can definitely hang around a touchdown and like, I don't know if we're completely out of the woods yet of like just having like a, a random game where like Jalen Hurts is ineffective. I mean, his still one bugaboo is pressure and they just came off playing two teams that haven't pressured the quarterback in any game. Uh, he still completed just 37% of his passes under pressure this season, 4.1 yards for pass attempt. The Jags are uh, 10th in pressure rate defensively. So they can get a little heat on him. Maybe, we, you know, we get a turnover too. We hang around, keep it around seven or just go for the outright back door. But I am concerned still like from a big, top down stance of like what the Jags are still obviously but yeah I just feel like it's too many points I'm gonna try to hang around here I feel like the NFL in general like these games have all been kind of low and tight in the NFL and it's kind of way that it's been to start the season well scoring is scoring is just way down unders are 60 percent of all games yes and ban the cover two ban the cover two uh (laughs) ban the cover two two and touch on the quarterbacks I think we can all agree uh and scoring is also at a 10 year low, just like total points on the board is at a 10 year low. So 
that would that would feed into your thesis of like, well, if scoring in general is down, then six and a half points is just a lot of points. That really is, and that's why I have it at four. And I'm not like you know, it's not it's not as high as these next games I'll have. But uh, yeah, I do feel like if the market, I want to kind of try to play to see if the market's just slow to adjust the Jaguars because like you would think like in a similar spot where like the Jaguars are like, say they're being treated like the Colts are right. Like what if they're just outright better than the Colts? And I feel like the Colts would be like, what, like three and a half, four point dogs here. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so I just kind of want to see if I'm just ahead there uh, and just nibble on this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. My number four is I, again, I feel sketchy ish about it. Uh and not as not as confident as I feel in my other three, the Green Bay Packers minus. Uh, but they, it depends. It depends on the number that you can get right now. It's between nine and ten. I I don't really care. I think if the Packers get to seventeen, this number's good. Can the Packers get to seventeen against the Patriots? I mean, I would I would not be I would not be surprised if the Patriots do not register a touchdown in this game. Like this is not. Um, Matt Castle coming in to play with the the amazing version of the Patriots. This is no one fast, no no game breaking player on the entire offense. With uh, what how, Hoyer's 35, 36. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't. I literally do not know how they get to two touchdowns in this game. And the Packers. It was kind of interesting last week. They actually looked incredible in the first half. Like Rodgers was throwing yeah. his, he, up he was until throw- that Aaron Jones fumble. He was throwing seeds and I've, I've already done this rant on like three shows. So if people have, have listened to my shows already this week, they're going to be sick of it, but they kept doing this stupid fucking play with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, where they'd be in there for the split backs. They'd orbit one in motion around Rogers and the other running back, and then hand the ball to the other running back perpendicular across the formation. They did it like four times and it went for like negative three yards every single time. So very similar to the Buccaneers first down running thing. If they can just self scout a little bit, just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit of self scouting and just get rid of some of these horrible negative EPA plays. I think they can, they can roll here and, and they get Watson back this week, uh, which means that uh, Randall Cobb is not going to be running deep routes, which I think we can all agree is, is a positive. I hopefully they do some self scouting and just play Romeo Dubs. Dude, I do. <laughs> uh, this was my this was my take on the waiver show this week. I said that if I was in a shallow league, you know, a home league or whatever, where where Dobbs, Jamal Williams, and Herbert were all out there, I would spend the most fab on Dobbs. Yeah, absolutely. For the rest of the season, for sure. I mean, if it's just not like a weekly thing where you're, uh, you know, trying to plug in Herbert for like a couple of weeks, I think right. that's it. It, yeah, absolutely. Like season long value is the play. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew, uh, the Packers like, uh, 1964, Vin, like Vince Lombardi coming back from the grave and coaching this offense. I knew that wasn't going to make your list, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just want to be short this version of the Patriots who have like no good skill position players and a really bad quarterback. Yeah, that's where we were last week for sure. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, the way I'm right now is just looking at some of these, the way the NFL is, I'm trying not to lay some of these large lines. I mean, the Packers probably have to score three touchdowns and like maybe they can't do that. I mean, maybe they're just literally incapable of doing that. Right on. But they, it's, I kind of view it to similar to the Bears game, right? Where they just, they didn't, they never yes. got out of sec, they never got out of second gear, but they covered easy just because the other yeah. team was so just poor. Cruise. Yep, yeah. Just cruise. 
All right, what's your number three? My three is the Vikings. Uh, and I was on it early. It looks like it's going to move now, too, because of Winston. But I actually maybe feel worse about about Dalton in there than, than Winston uh, because Winston's been so bad against the types of defenses that, you know, um, you know, Minnesota runs. This, so, this like, was my two, the Vikings were my two, but it's another one of these, like, look at, I thought the Vikings are better than the Saints coming in. I definitely still believe that now. Uh, although the Vikings kind of are like the NFC chargers in a sense, like every time we kind of like get in on them, it feels yeah. like they've kind of let us down a little bit. But uh, I just look at the Saints team right now, and they've just they've just been so bad to open the season. I mean, they've scored one touchdown outside of the fourth quarter of the season. They had 25 drives and scored one touchdown outside of the fourth quarter. Like they, they got Winston's, Winston's EPA per quarter is hilarious. It's like yeah. negative, it's like negative double digits in the first three quarters and then positive in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because they're just in, you know, just chasing chasing game scripts, but like they got embarrassed by the Panthers like absolutely embarrassed by Matt rule, like Matt rule embarrassed you. Baker Mayfield embarrassed you. Uh, they were never in that game. They were never going to win a game against the Carolina Panthers. So the Vikings are a lot better. Uh, just pretty easy, uh, cut and dry on that one. But like I said, I, I kind of wish Winston was playing to be honest. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I wish Winston was playing cause I drafted Chris Alave in a lot of leagues and I think Andy Dalton will be fine. Really- well, he's just not going to get prayer yards, though. It's just going to have to be a different type of production. Well, look at Mooney last year. Mooney was fine with Dalton. Was the was the thirteen target Thanksgiving game with Dalton the quarterback, or was that Fields against the Lions? That was Dalton. Okay, yeah. Then then whatever. Alave Alave's going to. I mean, yeah, Mike, go look Mike at Thomas Mooney. out. Mooney's one of the big things like of pumping Mooney's bags this year was looking at his splits last year, and it was kind of the Elijah Moore thing, right? Where you're like, oh man, this dude sucked with Zach Wilson. And then same thing with Mooney. When you look at like his splits, you're like, this dude was terrible at Justin Fields. And he was good with Dalton in the one game with Foles. But yeah, so it was like, I mean, I look at Alave, especially with Michael Thomas being out. Alave also, we talked about this before. Like he's, you thought originally he was just like a slot receiver. But like, you know, he's, he's a good receiver. Shows, around, shows, so. shows me, shows me for not watching the Ohio State film. Yeah, but yeah, you know, so he's, he's really good though. Alave yeah. is really good. I yeah. think he'll be fine with Dalton though, especially with Michael Thomas being out to get them targets, man. Then maybe they'll throw it out on Kamara now. Who knows? What's the what's the deal with Kamara? Like, is he just hurt, or is it just looking like running back is a dead position? And Alvin Kamara is one of those dead guys. Like, why can't Alvin Kamara should be getting twenty? Like, he should be getting Derrick Henry's workload for the Saints right now. No, the problem is, is with McCaffrey and Kamara is they are getting used like Derrick Henry. They're getting used like, like, yeah, they're getting, what, CMC got 25 carries last week or something. And two, two were catches. Uh, Alvin Kamara last week has 17 opportunities and two, we had two catches. Like they're ba- using him as a battering ram. Like, the, are you, what? are you use st- these guys creatively in leagues where Taysom Hill is eligible at tight end? Are you starting him this no. week? I know if I, if I set the line, if I set the line (laughs) at nine and a half wildcat snaps for Taysom, you taking the over the under 9.5. He had, he had more than that. He had more than that in week one. And then he had three in week two. Well, he had six in week two with three (laughs) rushes. And then he was hurt last week. Is he healthy now? I mean, Taysom, like there's more, uh, there's more urgent stuff going on with the saints. So I haven't seen a ton of Taysom reporting this week. (laughs) I assume I assume that if they haven't said that he's out when they said that Thompson no, no, they, they showed out. he was already t- he was taking backup quarterback snaps. So listen, I mean, 
Who are you signing him? Oh, that's well. So that's him. the thing is tight end is so bad. It's like okay, I, I drafted Cole Komet in the FFPC in the eighth round. Am sure. I starting? Am I starting Cole Komet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's I like I would start. Well, another interesting one is Conklin. Like, let's say you picked up Conklin in week one. No, you but now, but now Wilson's starting, right? Well, Wilson, sure, but the Jets are still going to probably be losing. And they'll probably have to throw. They've been aggressive. Yeah. They're missing three offensive linemen still, three starting offensive linemen. Like, the Jets are terrible. Yeah, they're really bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to take the Steelers, but uh, also the Jets are terrible. Uh, so that was your number three. My number two. My number three is Stank. It is, it is, I can't believe I'm doing it, but it's the Arizona Cardinals plus one and a half points against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the logic being, I know the Panthers, you know, beat the Saints, but one, I think we just established that neither of us are particular believers in the New Orleans Saints. And uh, one, it's like, I think that the Cardinals have the ability to get better in season, similar to what I was just talking about with the Packers with some self scouting. Now, none of us really trust Cliff to do that self scouting, but also, Kyler is so good that he can bail out poor coaching. Like he's one of those guys who's actually so good that even if the game plan stinks and everything, he's actually good enough to just make shit happen. Uh, Raiders game. Great example of like, they, they never should have won that Raiders game, but they end up winning just because Kyler did a bunch of Stewie Griffin running and figured it out. And my prior would just be, I, the Panthers should not be giving points to anyone. The, 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 the DJ Moore like kidnapping ransom video that's circulating around the internet this morning. I mean, does any team have worse vibes? Like no team believes in their quarterback less than the Panthers skill position players. Like they're going in the huddle and they're like, this dude's trying to make us lose. Like that's bad. Like if you were, if you are a professional football player and you don't believe in your quarterback, like that's got to just be a terrible spot to be in. Yeah. So this game terrifies the life out of me because since Cliff Kingsbury has been with the Cardinals. Oh no, you're about to you're about to just whack me with a stat over the head. The they, these teams have played the last three years. Matt Roll went in last year with Cam Newton off the street, and they beat the Cardinals 34 to 10. My God. The year before they went in and won 31-21. The year before that, 38-20. Like Cliff has gotten dogged by the Panthers How, uh, three straight. Fire years. Cliff. If Cliff can't cover, <laughs> if Cliff can't get a win here. Fight, just fire him. Just get him out of the building. See, no they, more. They came in last year with Cam Newton and PJ Walker against a way better Cardinals team and just absolutely ransacked them. I mean, I don't know. I'm not touching this game. I would say, like, sure, I, I, I'll, I'll listen to that side. Like, I, yeah. Cardinals well, I feel, I feel less, I feel less confident now. I didn't, I didn't dive into the, uh, the Cliff versus Rule head to head. That's that is appalling to me. All right, I'm scaling, I'm scaling this one back to a half unit play. <laughs> that's so bad that's cliff sucks man Dude, like, just, he is the, worst. the 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 horizontal raid has gotten more horizontal too Dude, with, kyler hasn't even thrown for six yards or passed at the game yet he he is kyler is second to last amongst qualified quarterbacks in ypa yeah it's it's disgusting I mean, like they're disgusting to watch too like they're absolutely miserable to watch like Hollywood Brown and Greg George just combined for 27 targets all within like three yards of the line of scrimmage yes. last week is awful. <laughs> it was really appalling to watch. That being said, I mean, how much better is watching Baker? Like Baker is. Oh God, dude. It just, I mean, they just, they just stink. Like they well, the just. The offensive philosophy, I had Gretchen with me 
on my show. And it's just like, they're just a team that just totally doesn't get it. They never, they're, they're not even trying to like utilize their best players. Like mm-hmm. we were comparing it to how when you watch Kellen Moore on Monday night, like Kellen Moore clearly was like, Hey, we're going to find ways to get CD land football. We're going to try to find ways to get Tony Pollard football. Those are our best players. Those are our best chances to move the football. When you watch the Panthers, they're like, let's get shy Smith, some targets. Like let's get LaVisca. And granted that one worked out, but like, they, where is like getting Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore like anything, like anything, like where's D- any DJ creativity? Moore has DJ Moore has 88 yards this year. <laughs> it's absolutely unreal, man. It's unreal. Uh, Gretch actually, uh, if you guys aren't subscribed to Gretch's Substack, you should. He did like a pretty good dive into like what Matt Rule did as a college coach that led him to getting hired at Carolina. And it's it's like widely touted that he was this really good college coach who rebuilt these awful programs, but that's kind of not really what happened. Like he kind of he kind of he kind of middled out and then got lucky with like some really good recruits, is kind of basically what happened. Um, so yeah, Matt Rule uh extra fake sharp so we've already done your one we've already done my number two with the vikings what is your number two? Oh, there's no way you're gonna agree with this one with the bills uh i mean I, it's I would, really hard to bet against lamar right now right? I, that's that's the thing is like i i the bills probably are the right side the bills probably are the best team in the nfl um you know they move they move the ball at will and whatever but i just will never just giving me my personal philosophy. I'm just never clicking submit on the, the bet against Lamar Jackson, even, even if it's the right side. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, the well, one thing that, uh, that stands out to me is that one, we go back two weeks ago and the Ravens are getting just roasted by Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. You say, all right, you know, some guys are banged up. You got two uh, incredible wide receivers. You're, you know, so be it. Then you come in and you give up eight plays of 20 or more passing yards to the New England Patriots the week after. Like this defense it's so bad. It's they, so bad. They can't they can't get to the, the passer. They can't get to the passer and they can't stop prevent anything from like getting over their heads. Like I mean, we were we were on the side for the Ravens last week, but like man, if they didn't get all these turnovers, like the yeah. Patriots are moving the ball at will. Like Mac Jones, they even have Jacoby Myers, like like Mac Jones. A Matt Patricia-led offense that's throwing to Devontae Parker, like, was just winging it around on the Ravens. Now they're going to face the Bills? Devontae Parker, career high in receiving yards last week against this Ravens team. Like, a guy who's, like, basically left for dead. Yeah, and also the one other angle for this game is, like, I'm actually still a little worried about the Ravens offense. Me and Pazuta talked about this, too, on our show. Uh, Because what teams have done these first three games, the Bills are definitely not going to do on the surface. Like teams have just blitzed Lamar like crazy, and they've gotten absolutely murdered. Dude, he's averaging 12 yards per pass attempt against the Blitz and 83% completion rate against the Blitz. Uh, Both are number one in the NFL. But when teams have rushed just four or fewer players, he's dead last in the NFL completion rate and just 6.7 yards per attempt. He's 31st in EPA per dropback when teams only rush four or fewer players. Uh, The Bills have only blitzed four times the entire year. Uh, So, I mean, they aren't going to, they're not going to be one of these teams that falls into this trap. So in structure though, the Ravens have not done a lot offensively. Like all their plays are just big plays. Like when teams are tough. So like, I'm a little nervous in this game uh, about like what their offense is going to look like. Uh, I mean, I still wish the bills were healthier defensively, but I think compared when you combine that the bills are not going to blitz the hell out of Lamar and that the Ravens, the bills just have a really good defensive scheme. 
Yeah. Like they just, they just have an extremely good, like them losing that game last week was just like an all time weird thing. Yeah, it like, was just one of those. I mean, they probably, if, if you run that back, they win that game probably eight to, eight to 10 times. Uh, yeah. You know, but, uh, and then paired with just the Ravens, the state of the Ravens defense and, and like, they couldn't stop. They couldn't slow down the Patriots outside the Patriots getting in their own way and having all those turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on the bills. I get it. I I knew that you were, there was no way you're going to pick against Lamar. So I, but, I definitely, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bet them this week though. Like this would not be a spot. Like you want, you want Lamar against bad teams. You want Lamar against like the, the 25th to the 13th best teams in the NFL. Like those are just spots where he smokes it. Um, But not like, well, the very worst teams in the NFL, they just like, I mean, we saw this against the Jets. He never got out of cruise control. And then against like, mm-hmm. look, Lamar does have pretty bad games against really good defenses. Sometimes we're like, God, God love Lamar. If I was the ownership, I would give him a blank check, but you put that guy up against like top five defenses and at, with a smart defensive coordinator and it, it can get, it can get kind of ugly. Um, So my number one, I mean, the Los Angeles Rams getting points against the 49ers. Like, McVay is totally a fake sharp in with some of the stuff, but this dude calls plays like Michelangelo. I mean, uh, using Ben Skoronek as a fullback and, like, the, it's just like Cooper Cup is – there's never anyone near him in the frame when he catches the ball. And, uh, I, I've uh, like, my, my take is just that uh, no player – in football history has their absence make you grow fonder of your opinion in them than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Where it's like, when we were watching Trey Lance in the rain against the bears, we're like, you see, Jimmy is the guy. And then you watch Jimmy on an Island game against the Broncos. And you're like, Jesus Christ, get this guy out of here. And I think the 49ers are good. The defense is good. The offensive line is a huge problem right now. Uh, that seems bad against Aaron Donald personally, but I just like, the Rams just should not be getting points against the 49ers. They, they, they should be a small road favorite. And it, I, I would feel like I'd really be banging the table here. If I thought the Rams could run the ball at all, they, they cannot run the ball at all. It's, it's really a problem. And the 49ers will be able to run the ball, but this is like, like two Jimmy mistakes here and they're totally buried. Both these teams feel a little overrated to me. The Rams are overrated. I the agree. 49ers, I think, were overrated coming into. Granted, we'll never know the full complete picture because of the Lance stuff. But yeah, this is a tough one because obviously, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at like the history between these teams. Like Shanahan's pretty much owned McVay. Uh, you know, Mc... Shanahan and Garoppolo are six and one versus the Rams. Uh, the only loss was that game last year in the NFC Championship game, and you could really make a strong case that the 49ers win that game if Jaquaski Tart just catches the, the arm punt from Matthew yep. Stafford. Uh, so yeah, pretty tough spot. We were in the same spot last year on a Monday night and the 49ers just dogged with them. Like it wasn't even close. Uh, so yeah, this, this is one that I'm just gonna, maybe just, we're just going to watch and work through it on on Monday night. Uh, yeah, I I don't really have a great feel for both these teams. And the Rams should have scored 35 points last week. Uh, Allen Robinson drops a touchdown. Cooper cup drops a touchdown. Uh, Cam Akers fumbles at the one yard line. They, they probably should just dog walk that game, but uh, they're not getting any pass rush either. They're 31st in the NFL in pressure rate. The Rams, uh, not great. Uh, 49ers won't have Trent Williams, though. Definitely a major blow. But yeah, the Garoppolo stuff, like people forget that, like people somehow thought, like, like the guy in their minds, like Jimmy Garoppolo is like this somehow like safe caretaker of the football. Like, right. Style yes. Of play. He, he's never been like that. He's always been reckless. He throws over the middle a ton. 
like you know you throw well that's that's what makes him good his his willingness to throw over the middle of the field where like a lot of guys won't is kind of what like uh kevin cole said this to me yesterday it's like when you think of the jimmy garoppolo play you think of like five-step drop hit Ayuk or debo you know going over the middle in between two safeties and they take it for a bunch of yak and score right whereas like so like that's a good throw but it's a risky throw a lot of the time yeah, and but he like Garoppolo, he takes a ton of bad sacks. And the thing about the 49ers too is the system does him no favors. Like we've already seen in the small sample, like he's dead last in the NFL in rate of throws that come on non-first downs needing seven or more yards. He has the highest rate of throws that come on third down. So like they like it's crazy that they put him in these spots and then like it's all these the, like the, all it feels like all the situations you would try to avoid putting your quarterback in the 49ers just put their quarterback in and it's a guy you wouldn't want to be in those spots it's it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense the way the way that the 49ers utilize this this whole it's been the same story for years like the this is another team that you're gonna run on first down if they get three yards the only pass when they have to and we might have seen it with lance too like the whole year uh, just but but at least at least shit. the at least the Lance runs would have been yes. better right so that's that's the difference and we also just didn't know where the upside was right like there was inherently just like a, a ceiling we didn't know like where it could go right like with right. Lance it was always just like well man like the ceiling here is so limited right like we know the floor is very similar <laughs> yeah like so that was always the thing but yeah I'm not gonna bet this game but uh yeah I don't know I would yeah. the 49ers are like this whole Shanahan thing is tilting. It's like, dude, have you gone back and looked at like the last like eight games like George Kittle has played? Like, yeah, he's a right tackle right now. Well, no, he runs, he's running a route. On, he's like comparable. Like, even last week, he, he ran a route, you know, one of the highest rates of the league. You know, he ran around 82% of team dropbacks last week. That was eighth among all tight ends. Like, it's not a thing where he's blocking, but go back to last year over his past seven games. He has 19 catches for 196 yards and one touchdown. Like George Kittle is way too good of a real football player to have that kind of stat line. Yeah. Like, that's, what is going? Like what is that's going preposterous. on? Yeah. He he had he, he's been un, under 30 receiving yards in six of those seven games. How? How? That's so bad. This dude, like Kyle Shanahan, is supposed to be a wizard. And like George, you have this guy that's unique, right? Like George Kittle is one of like maybe like three or four tight ends that are actually fucking good in the NFL, right? <laughs> and, and he just he just uses them like Tyler Tyler Croft. I mean, what is how how? I don't I don't get it, man. It's it's truly puzzling to me. But hey, we're getting those yeah. Debo handoffs. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, what what are you doing? What are you doing with uh, Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert this week? What's the uh, what's the Reeves take there? Uh, well, I mean, I don't. We've talked about it before. I don't really play cash on DraftKings. I only play cash on FanDuel, and yeah. DraftKings uh, didn't price either of those guys up, and FanDuel did. So it's pretty easily for me when I do my tournament builds on DK to just swing away from them uh, since they're so cheap and going to be so popular. But uh, yeah, uh, not going to really be playing a lot of those guys in tournaments for sure. Uh, I think you could play Herbert on Fandle a little bit because people will be scared maybe a little bit by the price. But yeah, I'm going to avoid those guys in DraftKings. It was kind of like last week. It worked out. See, I just, I, Damian I, Pierce I, got there last week. He uh, did. But the other guy, well, Monty got hurt early in the game. Oh, yeah. good thing transitive property isn't real. Or we give Khalil Herbert all those uh, points to David Montgomery. I would, uh, I, uh, my, my take has been, I still want to play 
Jamal. I don't even really care if he's 40% or whatever, because. Are you worried at all about the offense now? Yes. Yes. So that was, that was one of the things is I, you know, I think like you could have talked yourself into Goff, Hawkinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown or whatever is leverage on these Jamal teams. And that like, I had, I picked up Goff in some leagues you know, just cause I've, I've got like Russell Wilson teams and had Trey Lance and Dak teams and stuff, but I'm not starting him anywhere now. I, I, I like I, in another league, I dropped, uh, I dropped him and picked up Mariota, you know, just like, I just am not starting Jared Goff this week without St. Brown. I mean, I'm going to probably play some Broncos stack. So I don't think you should listen to me. So yeah. Uh, one <laughs> of these 4 PM Broncos stacks that like that. Oh, I'm going to win all the money at the end of the day with these guys. Right. And then watch, you know, Russell Wilson have third and eight for. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, are you, what are you doing with the three elite quarterbacks? Oh, I, I'm all in on Josh Allen. As long as like, we don't get any weird weather stuff. Cause I've seen people bring up the weather stuff already. that could be around that game, but I mean, he's the guy I want to play the most because like I said, the Ravens defense, I just have no faith in right now. Um, I like him the most of the three for sure. And I talked about Lamar. So like there's a a way he could like maybe not hit, but shit, he's got 40 points the last two games. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, so I, I like hurts the most, not because of the matchup or anything, but I think he'll be the lowest owned of the group. And I also think AJ Brown and Devonta Smith will carry the least ownership out of, uh, you know, Diggs and Mark Andrews, like Diggs and Mark Andrews are going to be so owned. The one problem with Josh Allen is, you know, anytime you play your quarterback, you inherently want to stack him, right? And like, he only has one stacking guy, which is always kind of the problem. Like you've got all these other ancillary bills, but like you're not going to play Reggie Gilliam. Like even Isaiah McKenzie's tough to play. Uh, I can see how you can get there now if Gabe doesn't play, but like, yeah. shit, he might throw a touchdown to Jake Kumaro, like, or maybe this hey, is the week Dawson Coom- Knox. Coom- Kumaro high ankle sprain, bro. Oh, oh, okay. So we're safe from that. But like, so what if playing? this is the week Dawson Knox scores or Jamison sure. Crowder scores? Like, the that's the thing that stinks about the you know always with Josh Allen is he inherently he inherently inflates Diggs's ownership. Yes. Um, and then especially on this slate where Justin Jefferson isn't on the slate, Cooper Cup's not on the slate. Uh, the Bengals guys played. The Dolphins guys already played. Like Diggs, it's Diggs and Devontae Adams kind of all alone right up there, right at the top of the receiver pool this week uh, i think Devontae Adams is pretty interesting too to bring back with my terrible bronco stacks uh, yeah maybe we'll do that <laughs> maybe we'll do that too because uh, i think waller is interesting too because you have the game theory play of you have mark andrews in the field right because there's no kelsey so it's like either you pay all the way up for andrews and you have this leverage point or people are probably going to pump like people probably won't just be like well i'll go play 5600 darren waller like i like you just would right. find a way to get to andrews in that case right so maybe Waller is like a little bit of leverage uh, and kind of goes in that like meandering space where just nobody plays him. What about Lions wide receivers with St. Brown out? I mean, are you, you firing up some min price, Khalif Raymond? I, I know that Reynolds and Shark are both going to project pretty well. Yeah. And uh, Seattle has been such, they've been so bad on downfield throws too. So you would say like that would be a signal for Shark, but both those guys basically been playing equal snaps because they've been an 11 personnel team. Like even when Amon Ross been crushing it, those guys have been on the field every play. So it sets up for them pretty well. Uh, I would lean towards Shark right now, but you know, neither of those guys are super cheap either. Like it's not like the Matt Collins. No, Shark Shark is 5,000 on DraftKings and Reynolds is 4,600. Yeah, it's not like the where we were like late in the week after we did the show, like Matt Collins became like a thing, right? Like, right. You're like, oh, we can find that $3,500 guy. And then we finally got clarity on the Bucks guys too last, 
last week going in. It's like you finally got your run out on Russell Gage. It took all the guys being hurt and 14 targets to be got there. That was um, that was so tilting. Knowing no, just even knowing that some of the sixth round Russell Gage slappies got one touchdown was aggravating to me. And I was into Russell Gage when he was the ninth rounder to open. Like when he we not- we have him. <laughs> you you and I have him on one of our teams. We didn't play him on the one main event team. We have him, uh, which it was just a numbers game because like we have guys like Josh Palmer too, and they can't get in the lineup. But maybe we should. Yeah. I think I think. Do we have DJ Moore on both those teams? We should start playing those guys instead of him. Oh, D- DJ Moore is on the bench, dude. DJ Moore, DJ Moore. I, I'm, I'm benching DJ Moore probably in every league where I have him. And if he goes off on my bench, then like you know, good for him. Like I'm not going to be mad about it, but I'm not starting him. Well, we on both teams have Drake London, and we didn't play him the first two weeks, and we just kind of said like, listen, we're just playing him. No we're just playing what. that dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. So for uh, sure. All right, dude, let's get out of here. Tell the people, Sharp Football, what, uh, what it had worksheet, sharp angles, all the good stuff. Yeah, worksheet's up. Uh, we did a promo last night. Unfortunately, the, that game kind of let us down, but uh, the game it was the total point score in the game or what you can use to get off. So you can use Sharp 42 and get 42% off anything. Uh, the Bengals kicked the field on the two-yard line. The Dolphins kicked the field on the one-yard line. Uh, and Chase Edmonds dropped a touchdown pass. Or it would have been a lot better. So bad. Yeah. The, uh, the dropped, the drop touchdown was, I was uh, an over better too, as well. So uh, we hate to see it. All right, everyone, we're getting out of here. Uh, good luck this week and uh, we'll be back next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.